What's up, everybody? Stephen Young back in another episode of Follow Me to Millions. So today I want to talk to you about underwriting. Underwriting simply just means what you think the projected profit or loss of a property is going to be that you're going to be buying. Now, there's a lot of things you can purchase in real estate, but they all need to be underwritten. Whether you're buying commercial, residential, single family, multifamily, if you're doing a flip, whatever you're buying, you need to do very basic underwriting. Now, eventually you're going to get to a point where it's very complicated underwriting, but initially when you're starting out, you don't need a lot to get started with underwriting. There's three main components of all good underwriters, and if you understand this and you, and you, you, know, you get really good and proficient at it, you'll become an incredibly good real estate investor. So part one is what the disposition or the sale price or the exit is going to be for you. You want to know what that potential value is going to be. So for example, we're going to give you a, um, a case study in this topic. And let's say we're talking about a flip. And you want to know what the ARV or after renovation value is going to be. If you can predict what that's going to be, which isn't always the easiest thing to do, but you have to take some form of prediction on it then that will that forms one of three parts of your underwriting. The second part, and probably the most important part, probably, uh, you know, it, it's changed my life dramatically, is the purchase or the acquisition cost. What is that price? And if you don't know both of those disposition and acquisition costs, you're going to be in for a rough go if you're going to be a real estate investor. Now, when it comes to the acquisition or the purchase price, that is the most important part of any good investment. When it gets down to it, I learned this the hard way. When I first started out in real estate, I was buying things just to get into the market. So I wasn't necessarily thinking, you know, I was a good negotiator or I was, you know, getting good prices or good deals. I didn't know what a good deal looked like or even what it should be, or what the price should be, you know, where am I going to go with this thing? So I wasn't necessarily great at the acquisition. I just assumed that, you know, if I buy whatever the price is going to be, I'll be able to make up a profit on the back end because someone's going to love what I flip the property into and they're going to pay me whatever price that I'm establishing or what is going to be their price so that I can make a profit. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way in real estate. Most of the times people only pay you what their neighbor got or what the you know uh, person down the street got for their property. Something called the comparative market analysis where you know most purchases only give you sort of what's in the range of what's in the neighborhood. Now, it's not always the case, but is the case 99% of the time. That being said, you can't really change the back-end price, but you can certainly change the front-end price, and that's, that's a key component of any good underwriting. So if the deal doesn't necessarily work on the back-end price that you set at the price you could acquire it at, then either you have to make the price come down at what you acquire it at, or you just have to just completely leave the process all to itself and just go on to the next one. Now, the third component of good underwriting is your cost. Now, the other cost, there's hard costs and soft costs, um, construction costs, carrying costs, lending costs, you know, closing fees, commissions, you know, uh, legal fees, accounting fees. All of these costs are very important and vital. However, very few of them can change. So not a lot of the time... Um, uh, unfortunately, a lot of investors I speak with, students, people, myself included, they get into something where you know the acquisition cost wasn't as low as it should have been. The back end price isn't as high as they probably think it's going to be. They think they're going to walk away with this massive profit, but guess what happens? The construction comes and bites them right in the butt because they didn't anticipate the construction costs well enough. Now, the other problem is they 
The other part, the only thing that you really change in real estate costs are your carrying costs, which is your financing costs. But again, that's very marginal. It's very small percentage changes that you can make there. And then the other one is construction costs. Same thing. It's very difficult, especially now in this market, to change construction costs in a dramatic level. So at the end of the day, you're really looking at that acquisition cost is the biggest thing in your underwriting that you're going to say, this is what it's going to take to get this deal done. Now, I've been told early on from one of the, uh, a fellow investor that I was working with that you make your money in the buy. What that means is you make your money on what you actually buy the property for, not on what you sell it for, because that sale price is hard to change. And then the construction costs and carrying costs is also very difficult to change. So you make your money on the deal in the purchase. Now, I want to talk to you about this project that we just finished um, about a month ago. So we acquired it in January of this year and we sold it and closed it in, I want to say it was April. So, um, so we bought the property, closed it, did construction on it. It was about six week construction. After six weeks of construction, went to market, sold very fast within a couple of days. And then it sold and they closed the unit around April, so mid-April sometime. Now, my acquisition cost on this was a million dollars. They're asking 1.2 million, and I gave them a relatively low ball offer for most people, but to me, it really should have been priced at a million or lower. I normally buy these units for a 950, so for me, I was actually paying higher for it, but I knew that the back end price was going up higher than the market was super hot at the time when I bought it, that I knew that the back end price would be higher than what I normally sell them for, so it's okay to go up ever so slightly. So my projected back-end sales price was $1.4 million based on previous sales that were in that sort of $1.35 million. And I knew the market was going up at a dramatic tick. So by four or five months time when I was ready to go to market, it would have been sort of in that $1.4 range. Now, unbeknownst to me, the market just skyrocketed. So when I actually sold, I sold for $1.480. million. So I actually got $80,000 more than my projected underwriting sales price. So I got... Uh, the acquisition cost, so the purchase price, so I had to know what I was going to buying it for. So again, so they're asking 1.2, I got it for a million dollars even. I sold it for 1.480. So those numbers gave me a projected return. Sorry, before I get into that, so my projected return on 1.4 was $181,000 projected return after subtracting my carrying costs, my construction costs, my closing fees, my... Um, acquisition costs, all my costs projected, plus getting into what the financing costs were. When I do my underwriting, I'm usually underwriting at 6 and 7% interest rates. Even though I get it for much lower, you don't know what's going to happen in the marketplace. So you don't want to be stuck in a situation where you think you're buying something and it only works at 1% interest rate. That's not a realistic timeline or that's not a realistic interest rate. So, so what happened was I, I was projecting just under $200,000 profit. And what happened, based on the 1.480, actually uh, grossed $258,000 after all expenses and everything was paid for. So it, to me, it was, it was a win-win. It was, it was a great opportunity. It was a great buy. Uh, I, I knew it was a great project. And it, it, was, a, it was a win-win all around. Like It didn't take very long. It was, it was a good project. Uh, here are some before photos of the project. You know, it wasn't... A terrible project. It wasn't like really run down. <coughs> it wasn't really a run down project. It was just an old project that nobody wanted. 
And we, we came in, we refreshed it, made it look fantastic. It was one of the best projects we've done in a long time. Uh, just everything really came together for us. Um, so we sold it, sold it for a great price, and they closed very quick. So, you know, the projected overall return was 25% um, of the overall project was the, was the uh, gross profit margin, but my cash on cash return was actually 187%. So it was a really incredible project. Something I recommend you guys do, something I recommend for all our, our, our people who are looking to get into real estate as an investment. But the key to any investment, whether you're buying stocks or a business or real estate or, you know, you want to buy, you know, something from a thrift store and sell on Amazon or you want to like buy baseball cards or whatever you're buying. It doesn't matter what you're buying. You need to underwrite any good investment. So you need to say, what is the back end price I could sell this for? What can I acquire it for? And what's the, what is it going to cost me to carry it until the point of I get the money from the sale? So again, the lesson is make sure you underwrite. It's key to any good investment, but specifically to real estate, you need to know your numbers. The great thing I love about real estate, there's generally, most of the time, definitive numbers you can look at. So that's our episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you're underwriting all your deals. Good luck.